The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest, I will say to the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord of the Gospel. I wanted to read this longer version of the Gospel so that we could hear Jesus' interpretation. And Jesus just helps us to understand that He's patient, and that although the weeds grow together with the wheat, if we were to translate that, 
into our daily life, I think what he's trying to say is that although there are sinners, I still love them. And I want to give them a chance to repent. I want to give them an opportunity to turn back to me. The first reading today had a great line in it. Let me quote it here. From the Book of Wisdom, the last line. You gave your children good ground for hope that you would permit repentance for their sins. So even though Jesus in the Gospel is talking about hell and gathering up the children of darkness and sending them off to you know, eternal punishment, I think the message for us here is that we need to pray not only for ourselves, but for the conversion of sinners. When you take today's gospel in context of Christ's entire message, he said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And we all struggle with sin. We all struggle with the devil. We're all in a battle against evil. That's a reality, and I think we see that pretty clearly in today's world. That evil is constantly trying to stir the pot and to get people at odds with one another, fighting with one, uh, with one another. And getting them distracted from the love of God, from the mercy of God. The devil is trying to get us distracted from the kingdom of heaven. All throughout today's gospel, Jesus was also talking about the kingdom of heaven. It may be likened to a mustard seed. It may be likened to yeast. But the kingdom of heaven is here now. At the beginning of your mass, it was so beautiful to pray for the Holy Spirit. Seven times you prayed, come Holy Spirit. Well, what is the Holy Spirit? But God himself, the third person of the Holy Trinity. The very love of God that he has, that, that the Father and the Son have for each other. It's a share in their divine life that they've already given us. The promise has already been given to us. So it's not that heaven is the goal of our lives, per se. I mean, it's a reward, for sure. Don't get me wrong. But there's more to the Christian life than just getting to heaven. What Jesus is talking about today, when he talks about that bush, when he talks about the, the yeast being leaven, he's talking about transformation. He's talking about resting in him, being in his presence, and being transformed by him. Being changed by his grace, his power, his presence, by his Holy Spirit. 
I don't know that we often understand that. I think we miss that sometimes. That we settle for just the way things are. We settle ourselves for the way we are. We settle for the world the way it is. But that's not why Jesus came. He came for change. And his change was something that he himself won for us. We have good grounds for hope. Maybe some of you are struggling with hopelessness. You watch the news and you think, oh my goodness, this is hopeless. But it's not. It's not hopeless at all. On the contrary, we Christians have good grounds for hope. Not just the forgiveness of our sins, but the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. That he came to give us new life. And we've already been given that. In seed-like form. At our baptism, that divine life, that seed of divine life, was planted in our hearts, in our souls, in our bodies. And our parents and grandparents and the priest, they traced the sign of the cross on our foreheads, claiming us for Christ. Christ himself, through our parents and godparents and the priest or the deacon, God himself was claiming us for himself, through himself, in himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, making us light, making us salt, making us that leaven for the world. But it was in infant form. It was in seed-like form, if you will. And by receiving the sacraments, by praying, that life was growing. And it's still intended to grow. God still intends for his divine life to grow in us. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what has happened to you in life. He calls for this divine life. To grow in you. And not only to grow, but to bear fruit. In other words, that you would be transformed, and then through you, others would be inspired, would be touched, would be moved to seek out the living God through you, and with you, and in you. See how that works? I like to call it the dynamic of God's dynamic love. God reaching out to us and bringing us back to himself, filling us up, healing us, blessing us, strengthening us, and then sending us out. To do what? To spread the good news and to bring other people back into the fold, so to speak, into the family of God. Family of God. That's another good word for the kingdom of heaven. 
The kingdom of heaven is the family of God that we've all been adopted into. God has wanted us for himself. He enjoys you. How about that? God enjoys your company. He enjoys being with you. Case in point right here. Evidence of the fact that God enjoys being with us. He created this blessed sacrament, this holy communion, so that he could stay with us. So that he could continue to nourish the life of grace in us. So in a sense, we've become supernatural. We no longer exist merely in the order of nature. Like all of creation around us, which is beautiful enough. But we've been, giving, we've been given supernatural life. And we now participate in the order of grace. How? Through faith. Through faith. But God takes the initiative. God comes out to meet us. Wherever you may be. God wants to meet you there this morning. And each and every day of your life. To reveal himself to you. To reveal his love to you. His hope. His glory. And then to bring you into that communion with him. To abide, to rest with him and in him. So that as St. Paul says, it is in Christ that we live and move and have our being. There's our hope. There's the reason for our hope. And so let's pray today as we continue with this celebration of God's love. Let's pray that we would have an experience of that for ourselves. That God would speak to our hearts today. That he would speak to your heart today. In a personal way. In a profound way. That will continue to transform you. That will give you new life today. An infusion of grace to help you grow and to become the person that God created you to be. Amen.